everyone and thanks for tuning in. My name's Toby Trice and you're listening to the Test Him podcast where we're breaking down the stigma of facility and talking all things nuts. All things nuts. All, all things nuts. nuts. <laughs> it's going to be nuts this one. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. And this is a special one because we've got a guest. We do. <gasps> we do. Da, da, da. Hi everybody, I'm Laura and I'm the Deputy Director of Fertility um, at Peppy Health and I'm here to join the guys here at Test Him to talk all things nuts. Yay. Hey. Welcome. Welcome, yeah, welcome, 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 welcome Laura. Yeah, How is it? Yeah, it's all good. All good. Been busy, busy and really out there sort of promoting male factor. I'm an you know advocate for male factor so I'm here to talk to you guys and hear what you've got to say and then I can give you a bit of my opinion too. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, and just, uh, just so people can just know what your background is really where how did you get you know how do you end up in the world of sperm i mean you know we've done we've done a podcast on uh, on our backgrounds and how we all met but yeah how how do you get into the world of sperm yeah well actually i've now this year i have been nursing 30 years so wow. this is the point where oh. you jump in and yeah, tell you me you know i don't know old enough. <laughs> um but um started out in general surgery um absolutely loved it and was really busy colorectal surgery so dealt with some sort of male factor issues and things there um and worked in the nhs for a long time private sector as well and then got to the stage i needed to do something different i got a little one at home needed a bit of a better work-life balance and a job came up at Bourne Hall, first IVF clinic in the world, and oh. that's where I went. And knew nothing about fertility when I got there. Done a bit, a bit of gyny work in the past, but nothing about fertility. Oh. And I, it captured me from the start. Absolutely fascinating. The history of it, you know, why it was actually originally designed in the first place. It isn't just yeah. about helping people have babies. It's having a healthy population. So, yeah, fascinating. Wow, so. so how how long had it been since uh, Bourne Hall had started? IVF when you joined there yeah so I joined there in 2011 so I've been oh, a fertility a nurse so yeah they've been doing it a long time when I got there luckily they knew what they were doing before I got there yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but did you know what you're doing that's what no mean. hadn't got a clue hadn't got a clue so I had to learn from the bottom up um was kind of went oh my god clearly my education was horrendous because that's how babies are made you know <laughs> how did I ever have relearn. a baby of my own yeah. you know when you actually realize how difficult it is to conceive then you life's know. a miracle isn't it ultimately yeah. it's a miracle isn't it especially when you see the IVF process it's like it's totally amazing seeing two cells come together and incredible know, and whenever I go down into the lab I swear they have you know witches hats and cauldrons because it's magic <laughs> that they do down there and especially yeah, you know when they open up where they've got all the liquid nitrogen you've got that spilling out of the tanks I'm like this is just magic yeah. in here it is proper science isn't yeah, it yeah proper, really proper science and they're very relaxed down there yeah. they're carrying these you know petri dishes of embryos and they're little pieces so, of life and I'm you know yep. Chin on the floor, and they are, you know, just working their magic. It's incredible. You should say that. My other half is like we've been watching the uh, Alex Jones documentary, and where she's acting as a fertility nurse. Funny enough, since she's working, yeah, not acting, Mm -hmm. she's working. And my other half's just like beside herself that these embryologists are wandering around with embryos in their hands in a dish. It's like. Oh my God, can't there be a better way to carry these things? It just yeah. seems like that's some, yeah, the, the it's pressure, a life. The There's some pressure. pressure. Yeah, 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 yeah the, the preciousness it. of them, yeah. isn't it? The yeah. first time in theatre carrying the sort of test tube, you know, with the eggs in through to embryology. Yeah. I've just, I'd got one hand underneath the tube and I was talking to the guys earlier saying how accident prone I am. And I was just please let me get this to the lab. Yep. Please let me get this to the lab. Please let me get to this to the lab. You know, put it in the little holder in the lab. It's like... And my job here is done. Breathe. <laughs> not. You've probably got another six or seven yeah. tubes to do yeah. it here. Yeah. But yeah, you do relax into it after a while. But yeah, yeah it's still... 
still daunting, yeah. isn't it? That, yeah. that, that preciousness that you're, you're providing to those couples um, that really need that help. Yeah, That's interesting hearing that from you because at lunchtime we're talking about spilling gravy down top. So I'm <laughs> quite, <laughs> quite inspired to hear you manage to calm your nerves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, I've got to get this there. To, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like you're eating your dinner, Laura. It's not a race. Just get it. Just, just, yeah. just get yeah. it. Yeah, you just so, get it there safely. So how long were you in Bourne Hall then? How long have you been kind of... So you were a... a an infertility nurse is it infertility yes. nurse is that the right title yeah so fertility nurse fertility so we nurse, try yeah. not to use the term infertility no, it's right. a bit like with you know the fertility network group so um yeah so i started as a, a staff nurse there learning the ropes like working on the recovery area working in theaters mm-hmm. and then built my ways up um got a lot of management experience so went on to managing the team but learned how to do ultrasound scanning as well which is fascinating being able to watch the follicles grow at the really early stage of IVF mm. journey through to doing you know the best job in the world which is when you do the pregnancy scan and it's a yeah. successful pregnancy yeah. and you've got a heartbeat there and yeah, you can see them. this little this you know this little bud of a baby growing yeah. and I used to nearly cry every time as well I'm absolutely hopeless so yeah <laughs> but that was a real sort of powerful part of of the journey and then the opportunity came up to work at Pepe and provide even more support and advice and be able to support the patients even even further. So yeah, yeah. Um, that's, you know, it was it was a no-brainer, really, to be able to get out there and, mm. and yeah. give even and better advice. For those that haven't heard of Pepe, what, tell us about that. that so Pepe is um, a service that employers can use to give to their employees. So we sort of offer areas of underserved areas of healthcare, really, that we try to think of. So menopause, men's health, baby and fertility as well. Um, and we offer the fruit, um, nutrition and fitness advice linked to that as well. So the employer um, provides this to their employee. So and we work on the fertility arm of that, which means that we support men's health. Um, we provide semen assessments. Um, we support ladies by doing AMH testing, which looks at your ovarian reserve, gives you a sort of little snapshot of what your chance of conceiving is for the future. And also general um, conception advice. Lots of people come to us and they're th- saying, I'm thinking about having a baby. Where should I even start? Mm-hmm. So we go right back to basics with lifestyle lifestyle advice. You know, is your period normal? Mm-hmm. Ovulation care. And all the way through to those patients that are undertaking IVF treatments and probably had six, seven cycles mm-hmm. and are coming to us to discuss, you know, is there anything that they should be doing differently? What's it been like for you or what have you noticed around the male fertility side of things because obviously we're here as test him talking male yeah. fertility what's what's that been like what, you know have you seen change has it been positive I or? think it's definitely um improving but they they you know men are still the forgotten factor in fertility and actually most people when you talk to they still feel that fertility is a female issue it's mm-hmm. not a male issue we know 50% of diagnosed cases is is male factor and we've talked a lot about you know unexplained infertility mm-hmm. and we think probably male factor is the underlying in that but they've just not been tested properly yeah. so they are definitely the forgotten factor and covid was not kind to male partners going through fertility uh, they oh, were shut the out of clinics they were doing samples at home yeah. they weren't able to be at scans they weren't they weren't involved and you know when we're still trying to claw back from that and still trying to improve that process yeah. But when we talk to our male patients at Pepe, they're still feeling left out or they still don't understand how mm. 
their fertility works yeah. or that it's it, it could be their issue and not yeah. their partner's issue it's a really interesting story actually from from your background as well talking about you know male infertility being you know 50 percent of the problem and and actually Bourne hall was one of those first pioneering sites um that actually overcome some of the challenges of male fertility through you know techniques of ivf and, and ICSI in particular yeah. um to try and you know um try and bypass the normal sort of fertilization issues that that men, men pretty much have with their sperm quality so um yeah it's, it's a really interesting journey that that you've been on there yeah it, and you know it, it, it was a great place to work and to mm. be somewhere which you know it's the first IVF clinic in the world you know that yeah. is a really p- powerful place to work it is. and it's got the history there and yeah. you can feel the passion in the building so yeah. you know it's given me a really good stance and gave me a real passion for fertility you yeah. know and the ethos behind it's about the patient it's about the patient care yeah. you know and that sits right with me as a yeah. nurse that you know we are there for the patients all the time yeah. um you know there's a lot of um talked about the money that goes into fertility issues and you know a lot about how the costs of fertility treatment so to me it's making sure the ethos is that the patient is first at the part of that journey and then everything else should come after that and it was one of those places that we first met actually wasn't it at Bourne Hall because uh, I know working with some of the clinicians and certainly with you um, you know, um, having support days were really, really important, weren't they? Yeah, so, we you know, used what, to, yeah, yeah, we used to do our own sort of version of a fertility fair because mm. we're in Cambridge, in the middle of nowhere. So, um, and Michael used to come along and support that and talk to and talk to our patients about their male factor issues and and sort of the assistance that they can get. Yeah. But we also used to have people there from Camquit to talk about stop smoking. Yeah. We used to have people from Weight Watchers to talk about their weight, realizing you know that it's an all rounded mm. look at the the person as a whole rather than just okay come to the clinic and have a look because you might need IVF treatment this is actually you know let's get the advice out there and that's what Peppy's about really it's about can we make those changes early on so people actually don't end up in IVF clinics what can we do Mm. to stop them getting there in the first place yeah that's the goal isn't it really I mean if you can look at things that are free to change when simply lifestyle and diet stuff is quite quite easily to easy to do isn't it in a lot of ways yeah Um, yeah. effectively free in comparison to cost of IVF and you can get natural conception then surely that's got to be the goal right it's got to be the goal. And I think, you know, we don't talk things about weight so much with chaps. You know, even sort of NHS don't tend to have cutoffs for their, you know, for male patients have yeah. been treated for IVF, but the female partner does. But we know that weight has a massive issue, you know. For both men and yeah, women. Yeah, for both men there. and women. Yeah. And, but men, we don't seem to talk, you know, it's like, oh, it's, it's fine. We, won't, we don't need to talk as about your weight. As long as you've got some, you yeah, know, and yeah, it's moving. Yeah, yeah, we can do something yeah, with it. Got a bit yeah. of sperm there, so yeah. we're okay. Rather yeah. than actually, let's optimise it. Correct. And get yeah. it to be the best healthy sperm that you can have and actually you might not even need to be at the clinic having treatment let's get you fit controversial there yeah. Laura. controversial coming from an IVF clinic <laughs> oh my word but I mean it's it's true though isn't it really I think yeah. you know the ethos of, of physicians and nurses is that you know first of all you, you mentioned it earlier on do no harm and actually look at tries to trying to to help people along their you know disease conditions if it is a disease or any other issues that they've got so and um yeah i think you know moving where we are now um there's a lot more things that we can do for for male factor than than what has previously been unknown or idiopathic um and uh, yeah that's that's what we're yeah. trying to do and i think it is understanding healthy lifestyle as well you know yeah. you might think oh i'm really good and i you know i eat healthily the rest of the time or i go to the gym a lot um mm-hmm. we've talked about you know adding whey powders 
some weird things to your drinks because mm. it's going to make you stronger, yeah. you know. Or but then they do that, and then it's okay. We've gone and played five aside on a Friday night, and I've had five pints and a curry, and, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. you yeah. know. Yeah. But actually, I've had a really good week, and you're yeah. like, yeah, you have, but you've just undone all the good work in, in one night. So yeah. you know, yeah. it's about having that continual, yeah, healthy it's that lifestyle. Focus, isn't yeah, it, really, especially when you're trying to conceive. If there's a, if the battle is against you, yeah, um, it's really trying to uh, discipline yourself and, and and look at your weight, look at your nutrition, look at any other factor that could be a risk um, and then try and modify it because a lot of these are free actually it's yeah. just uh, it's good advice which is often un- undone well, yeah. we talked about even sort of the pesticides and things that are on vegetables and things like that yeah. you know not as you know current climate who's going to be going and buying organic produce you know it's really mm. expensive mm. but actually you can buy normal produce just make sure you give it you know but you need to be washing it two or three times before you cook yeah. it yeah. or yeah. two or three times before you eat it yeah. doesn't mean you don't have to buy the really expensive stuff but you can buy something that's cheaper you know all these wonky vegetable boxes and stuff are yeah. great you know yeah, you know use those but make sure you wash it properly but yeah. that sort of advice is not common advice that's out there no, no. and do you, are you finding you know especially through your work with Peppy, are more guys reaching out to to get advice and ask you questions or do you still think think they're a bit shy about coming forward I think they are still a bit shy about coming forward but because of the way that we work and we're app based we have like a whatsapp chat almost with people so we find that for men they really open up with that because they, they're not actually having to have a conversation about their balls or their sperm or directly with someone they're not having to have eye contact while they're having that conversation they're <laughs> all, able all the to conversation to talk about your balls yeah, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> we're actually you know they're able to have an you know they're able to type it out and actually you know we're seeing more and more younger people coming through and actually that's how you, you know that's People how we communicate, communicate now. Yeah. You know, you don't pick up the phone and speak to someone, you send someone a text message. Yeah, um, you know, I'm still a bit old granny with my one finger typing <laughs> on my phone. But, um, you know, they've, they, it's making it more approachable. And um, we run some events and things in the evening where we do sort of male factor support um, as well in the ev- some evenings. And it's been really nice. The guys have been switching their cameras off and actually interacting. And yeah. that's, you know, that's a really big thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think us guys though, we kind of need that spoon feed though. Because I mean, when I was going through my my journey, I was totally ashamed to even think that we we're going through fertility treatment. Let alone even going to speak to a professional was a, yeah. it was a daunting thing to yeah. do because it was like the moment you do that and have that face to face conversation, there's that kind of like acknowledgement that you've got to give yourself finally that actually there is an issue here or we've got some some problem. And I think as a guy, we do everything we can to try and avoid that as best as yeah. possible because we want to protect our kind of partner or our families or whatever. Yeah. And there is still that, um, whatever we say about it, and we try to say equal opportunities and all the rest of it, but there is still a real stigma Mm -hmm. around male factor and, you know, not being able to sow sow your wild oats, you know. I've been at a a, a dinner party and actually this guy was really nice and he was chatting and when he realised that I, you know, that I worked in fertility, he was really opening up about what him and his wife had gone through. And the guy across the table went, ha, do you want, you know, do you want me to show you how you should be doing it? And I was just... Oh, I really wanted undone. to cringe. Yeah. It's just undone all this good work of this guy actually opening yeah. up and talking yeah. to me. Yeah. And, you know, this is, you know, a, one, a, a work mm. event dinner party, um, you know, with my husband's work. And I just, you know, could have... Punched him? Punched him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could have reached yeah. across yeah. the, the table, table and punched him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. it, though, isn't it? I mean, we hear this on, on the support group. All the time, yeah. the, the charity is yeah, these silly kind of bantery comments that mm. are just so badly kind of positioned or kind of... The, I, I don't, it's, it's kind of a guy thing isn't it that bit of banter but actually it's really when it comes to fertility it's really ill-placed it's like oh you can borrow some it's, mine or yeah. do you want, yeah. I'll, I'll get your wife it's very distasteful isn't it to, yeah. to prop that up isn't it and really i think hurtful. that's why you know we, we're obviously out in the race paddock this year again 
racing fertility and raising that awareness but that's exactly why we're doing it in motorsport because we we can get an audience that might not necessarily have gone through fertility issues but we can help normalize this conversation because yeah. it's all about kind of getting support to everyone that's going through this space mm-hmm. and quite often guys or couples or individuals will be looking to their parents siblings best friends for that little bit of early acknowledgement that this is a bit of a difficult time for them and if they get that response Mm-hmm. then straight away they're just getting alienated and that's yeah. what you feel like you feel very alienated yeah. in this space so yeah we do need to normalize this conversation don't we and i think it's great the work that you're doing at peppy and i think a lot of the work we do as well is around you know um how to have those conversations with people we've got articles on how to have a conversation with someone that's going through fertility treatment because you might not be going through fertility treatment yourself but what do you say what are the right words to yeah. say you know when miscarriage happens after treatment you know where people say you know oh well it was probably meant to be you know oh, well, I mean, what, yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah. great yeah, yeah. no, no it so. wasn't meant to be yeah. you know i'm heartbroken this is yeah. you know it's been likened to ptsd and you're telling me it was meant to be you yeah. know you would never make that conversation to anybody else if they no. were going through that but I think it's because people don't know what to say. They say the wrong thing. Yeah. And sometimes it it hasn't come out of a place of malice. It's just come out of they don't actually know I what to say. I guess it's ignorance, isn't it, really, yeah. unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, people don't know what to say. But they want to say something. So it's just whatever falls out yeah. of their mouth, Yeah, um, unfortunately. Yeah, because um, I remember having a chat with a friend. And um, when I first told him about my fertility issues, he actually was really great because he went, oh, mate, that's really shit. Yeah. And I was like, mm. it really is, mate. And I'm kind of glad you said that because that's how I'm feeling right now mm. and and I think sometimes just just acknowledging that that person yeah. has that emotion going on yeah, right now is so important you can't you can't block someone's own feelings can you that they're no. going through a tough time you can't just suddenly go oh it's sunny day today it's great yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to acknowledge it don't you yeah, yeah. so what are the uh, what are some of the big questions that come through then for you that you you kind of face through through the peppy app as a, as a nurse yeah so lots of different things often it's you know Right at the early days, we're thinking about starting a family, you know, um, because we can we can treat both the partners and and the you know so we treat the patient and the partner, so the user and the partner can both sign up. But from a from a male factor, it's often you know my wife's got to have treatment, or we're thinking about conceiving. You know, what should I? What can I do? What can mm. I do as a man? You know, we're now going to start thinking about a family. What should I be thinking about? Mm. So that's quite proactive because often, yeah, usually, you know, it's the woman saying, "Right, well, we've got to do this. I've got to look at my ovulation. I've got to look at my periods. I've got mm-hmm. to look at all of this." We're actually we're getting men asking, you know, that's really good. Um, yeah. What can I be doing? If they are in treatment, we're often getting them, what can I do to support my wife? What should I be saying? I feel, you know, there is that book, isn't there? The yeah. easy bit or whatever. Easy, but yeah, actually, yeah. It's, it's as we well know, it's not the, always the easy bit. But actually, that's sometimes their perception of what they're going through, you know. Yeah. Um, so how can they support? Through to, you know, we've done a semen analysis, what's the problems, you know. Um, I, you know, what supplements should I be taking? Mm-hmm. Um, I go to the gym five times a week and you know drink all this protein powder and all the rest of it i'm fine i'm really fit i'm healthy you know what's going on um yeah will drugs affect it you know i've seen a lot of increase of people talking about recreational drugs yeah and that's really that really surprised me you know so you know will that affect well smoking does so uh, you don't quite know what you're putting in your body 
and I had I did a session about a male factor to one of our one of the companies and um I wanted to talk about smoking and drugs and things and then I thought I don't know anything about vaping so mm. let me go and do a little bit of research on vaping because you see it now everyone's yeah. you know oh well, I don't smoke I vape so yeah. that's okay yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. yeah. 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 <laughs> have you seen the x-rays yeah so let's not go there but um <laughs> what I read was where they've done a lot of studies is things like it's the flavoring so you could have a non-nicotine vape but the flavorings yeah. a bubblegum flavor apparently sperm boom won't move one of these I've studies. heard that yeah I think I've oh. seen that cinnamon stops it swimming you know, God, really? what the, the, fla- the flavouring, the, flavor, the, the actual flavouring. No way, that's will be having yeah. an impact. Yeah. And Hong oh. Kong did this study um, about e-cigarettes mm-hmm. and the effect on fertility, and it was so bad that they banned them instantly. Good God! Wow. wow. So that's scary, isn't you it? know, yeah. And I was like, I didn't really know any of this. Thought you know, go away yeah. and do a bit of research. Now, clearly, there's a lot more research to be done, mm. and these are sort of small papers and stuff. But yeah. it's stuff that I'm like, I know this, so now I'm gonna, I can yeah. share that knowledge and say, look. You think you're vaping, so it's okay. No, it's not okay. It's just as harmful. Yeah. I can't believe that. And, and, and a lot of these things are additive, aren't they? So it's not yeah. just one thing that you're doing uh, that could be wrong, but it'd it be multiple things yeah, that's not going effect. right, you know, from like nutrition and then you're vaping and you're thinking that you've got the right, you know, ingredients in your diet and actually, you know, have you washed them? No, <laughs> crikey, yeah. you've got a load of pesticides in there, you know. Or like the yeah. processed foods that are marketed as healthy yeah. foods when yeah. you actually oh, yeah. look at and all the additives all, and the salt. And the and nitrates yeah. in there to preserve it. Yeah. 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 yeah, and things like that. And are you finding guys have got an awareness of this stuff when they phone you or are they actually completely naive to it? Most often I think they are completely naive to it. Mm. They, you know, um, a lot of them are sort of late 20s, probably early 30s because that's sort of the market. We are seeing some older chaps and some younger than that. But they're still of that age where they're invin- they think they're invincible. Yeah. You know? We are, we are, there, we are. Yeah. yeah, no, sorry. Hey, yeah. yeah, newsflash, no. Uh, until we go um, to Peppy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it's raising that awareness of yeah. what's out there and, you know, and what the issues could be. So yeah. I find this topic really interesting because a lot of the guys that we support, we've, we've had, you know, umpteen times now conversations of, you know, my doctor said, you know, cut down on my fats, non-smoking, drink, etc. But yeah, I see someone down the road who's smoking with a beer in his hand and he's overweight and he's got a little toddler and you think, oh, how can he fall pregnant? Yeah. And he clearly wasn't doing that when he was trying. Um, but I guess, um, and I, don't, I mean, I don't know, is is, is it the fact that there's, there's some people that are more susceptible to these kind of lifestyle things than others? I think there um, is. I think there's got to be that genetic background in there somewhere sure. that's going to make you more susceptible to that. And it might be that, you know, your sperm actually weren't that great in the first place and actually yeah. by doing all this on top, made you've made it worse. Yeah. So, you know, you... The guy with his beer and his cigarette and his three children, you know, could have had super sperm, but actually it's reduced it to not so great. Yeah. But actually, it's still you know, managed, it's, still, it's still managed. Still enough. Yeah, it's still yeah. enough. Yeah, because it's an interesting conversation, isn't it? I mean, we do have this a lot on, on the chat, don't we, about these very things. And, mm. you know, I, I kind of chuckle from, from my own background. I remember my partner going, oh, you know, you need to eat more nuts. I mean, I was very, like, relatively healthy, wasn't I, Ian? Ish. <laughs> relatively. <Yeah. laughs> but, you know, I cut down I cut down on caffeine and um, Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, um, and, and of course, you know, that did, that, that did help to some, to some degree. But when you're kind of, when I was kind of being, you know, nagged a little bit more by my yeah. partner and I was like, oh, it'll be fine. I kind of needed Ian. Because actually, when it came from Ian, it was a bit more authentic in terms of, okay, well, he must know what he's doing. He's, you I know, think, I think we need a bit of context here, mate. Because yeah, I know yeah. what you're talking about, but yeah. all these yeah. other people that are listening, we're like, what do you mean you well, need so, Ian? So rewind <laughs> yeah. three years ago, I yeah. guess. Three years ago, rewind. Um, so I, I consulted with Ian about my own fertility journey, and um, Ian did a little sort of like profile of me and my partner, where he's at, and very much these these kind of things really. That's all in our our testing portal and it did highlight some quite 
potentially flagged issues that, yeah. that I needed to fix. Um, I'm a massive tea drinker. I'm sat here with coffee, but normally I'm drinking tea. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was drinking eight to ten cups of tea a day. Um, my job was, you know, it's very dormant. I sit still. Um, I was wearing tight underwear, you know, all kind of all the... I think you're grabbing food All, on the, all run, the nice fashionable stuff, yeah. Yeah. which, yeah. which yeah. actually wasn't very healthy. Had a, yeah, I had a relatively <laughs> unhealthy diet as well because I was kind of eating, as a train driver, I was kind of eating all at weird hours. Um, not always the right foods because when you're doing shift work starting at 4am your body's going what that's what time is this and it was really difficult yeah, and, and you want the carbs you want the yeah. carbs you want Keeps the cheese going. you want the fats you yeah, want and, the, and yeah. it's like nurses ticking. doing night shifts it's like yeah what yeah. you you know you eat the most Brutally. random things at whatever time yeah pretty yeah. difficult yeah um i mean in the end i got diagnosed with varicose and high dna frag but leading up to that i did so much work with Ian of kind of changing my diet and lifestyle and um you know three months later i we conceived naturally, which is still like an absolute miracle to this day. I'm, I'm blown away that, that was even that even happened. It's crazy. But I think all of that prep work that you and I did, Ian, mm. meant that my recovery post-surgery mm. was just accelerated mm. because all of a sudden my body was in such a better state. You know, I was on, on really good antioxidants and um, just throwing myself at everything. Um, and I'm so glad I took that advice because without that, I, you know, it may not have been sudden or it may not have been the outcome no, and sometimes yeah. you need that outside person to tell you, you that because yeah, like you say you with your partner you're going yeah she was nagging yeah. she's nagging but, at but me it's a bit of a oh, pressure she's nagging, cooker, and it? you're like please stop nagging at me yeah, yeah. And, and it can and, make and it worse yeah, can't it when, yeah, that, when, yeah. that, when yeah. it's there you so, know what yeah. you should be doing yeah, yeah, and, and you go like oh, i can't but, do it i think when you're going through i think when you're going through this um i think because it feels like such a pressure cooker anyway there's there's not not necessarily tension in a relationship but there's this this really odd pressure that you can't quite describe because you know that time is ticking you're so desperate every month that you get that hope that you're falling pregnant naturally you know that always is going to be yeah. there and and over time that really compounds mm. so when when something is mentioned that you know you're not eating nut, your nuts you feel then guilty yeah. but so so the, the guy thing to do is you just sort of go block it out and go if i don't need to if i don't listen to this i don't need to worry about it but actually when i spoke to you ian it's like yeah, I've got to suck my eggs now and there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is so like frustrating for the woman because she's like, I told you all of this. Of course. Yeah. But you had to yeah. hear it from somebody else. Yeah. But that's yeah. true of whether it's fertility or, or something else. It's yeah. just, that's just human nature, I think, isn't it? Yeah, but, um, totally. But what I like actually, Laura, in, in what you've said is that you're getting guys coming to you through the app that are thinking about having a family. And actually, you're then able to give them all of this stuff before. You know, certainly with, with Test Tim, what we want to do is actually get guys thinking about this stuff way ahead of, yeah, you know, don't go through, don't go down Toby's road yeah. of two failed IVF cycles, years of treatment, heartache, misery, expense, and then look at your fertility. Let's do it before. Get yeah. it done. You know, why don't you do a three to six month preconception life cleanse? And then start trying to fa- yeah. have family. And we are seeing that from yeah. both mm. men and women, which I think is fantastic. It is that, you know, we call it getting fit for fertility, you know, yeah. that kind of strap yeah. line. Great. But That's it is that way. bit of saying, right, you know, let's look at your diet, you know, cut down on your alcohol. You know, if you're smoking, you should be stopping smoking, you know, going to your GP, you know, patches, whatever it takes, you know, all the things that you need to do, you know, yep. start some sort of moderate exercise. You know, for women, don't become a gym bunny. But for men, there's loads of evidence that, you know, going to the gym, you know, without doing all your whey powders and everything else is actually really beneficial. So, mm. you know, do be exercising, you know. Yeah, um, not, but, cycling, uh, not cycling, Not cycling. <laughs> yeah, um, that, or, maybe. yeah. Yeah. And, you know, things like, you know, no, like, lo- don't be in the hot tub every weekend, you know, all those sort of things, the loose boxer shorts. Yeah. Mobile know. phones out of the pocket. Yeah. yeah we, we, we talk they're, about it quite a bit. Yeah. Don't we? They're all really simple, simple things, stuff. Aren't they? Yeah. Make yeah. a big difference. Yeah. yeah. And, they're, and they're, they're a quick, 
easy fix, you they know, are. and they're not, we're not saying, right, this has got to be really strict for now, but let's try and get you in the best place that you can be yeah. to think about it, you know. No, definitely. It's being proactive though, isn't it? It's about try, just trying to think of questions that you may not have asked yourself, but get the, get the, get the right questions asked. And if it's standardised in a way which, you know, you know that it's going to support identifying risks but also avoiding those risks that's going to be so important isn't it and yeah. it's nice to hear that they are starting to ask those questions because we all as we all know you know education is all about how not to get pregnant they don't tell you when <laughs> yeah. to start family thinking planning. about That's it fear it's not family yeah. planning is yeah. it no, exactly it's all about you know <laughs> avoiding yeah it. avoid 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 yeah. you know all about contraception all you know and you know appropriately stis and things like yeah. that it's really important that we focus on that but also we should be saying do you know what but your fertility will decline, yep. you know. Yeah. And also, everyone talks about, you know, get, you know, you were talking about Mick Jagger. I heard in the last podcast, you were talking about Mick Jagger, you know, yeah. saying, you know, yes, there he is having all these babies late in life. That is not the norm, you no, know. It's not the Men's norm. fertility yeah. will decline at 35, the same as a woman's, you know. Yeah. You've got to, so be fit, be healthy, yeah. get yeah. yourself in that right position, but think about the future. Yeah. Yeah. And what about, so a guy's come through Pepe, he's, done, he's had this consultation with you, maybe he's done a semen analysis. What about when the results come back and they're not good? What, you know, how, how do you guys handle that? What's, what's that so like? So we offer a consultation to everybody that has a semen assessment. They don't have to have it, you know, we're, we're not, not a dictatorship, but we, rec- and um, of the 50 plus that we've done, every one of them have taken up a consultation. Yeah. Wow. So we That's then great. sit down with them. We take a full history at that point and we look at what could be causing the fact that they were, you know, that the result wasn't great. Mm-hmm. And often there is a lifestyle factor in there. Before you start with anything else, there is often a lifestyle factor or that they weren't particularly well three months ago when they you know yeah, uh, so an understanding right. that actually that sample is three months you know what comes out is about three months old so actually it might be that you know they might need to do a repeat Perfect. sample but we always say it's a snapshot of what we saw at that time mm-hmm. yeah so we give lifestyle advice if necessary we talk about supplements um and and what they can do with regards to that and then we say you but you will need a repeat sample this is a one off snapshot you cannot make decisions based on this this one result you need yeah. more than one result yeah. but yeah most of it there is some lifestyle factor in there that we can we can kind of pinpoint and yeah. ask them to to look at and are there any kind of sort of referral pathways as well you know do you, do you refer on to urology or andrology yeah so we have a list of uh, like peppy preferred clinics that mm-hmm. we would recommend that people go to once we said you know we probably pulled some advice together and it, usually the, um, if they've come as a couple there's a partner there as well we've done an AMH test on her mm-hmm. to look at her ovarian reserve and we're kind of going look you know between the two of you you know we're looking at ages you know how long you've got to wait will you stand a chance of having you know NHS treatment do you yeah. fall into that category so we would either be saying that you know the likelihood is either you've got a child at secondary and fertility you're not going to get any funding so here's a clinic which we would recommend that you go and that you go and speak to you know they've got the five star um hfea rating which means their success rates are good and the way they treat their patients is you know is, is, is the top, top of the game um and they have the fnuk pledge so the fertility network pledge which says they're going to do the best for their patients that's they're going to give the best yeah, patient like support yeah, so like for that. us that's absolutely key so yeah. There's no financial agreement there. We just know that they're the best clinics that yeah. patients can go to. So we would recommend that. Or we go and say, look, you've got your first lot of um, tests here. You're going to go to your GP because yeah. actually you now want to be referred on to like le- that level two pathway. Uh-huh. So you'd want to go and see a fertility specialist because it might be they don't need IVF. They might, you know, they might just need some ovulation induction, something much more simple yeah. and less invasive, you know, and it might be, you know, 
go and have a look. You need to have a you know histosalpingogram. You need to look at those tubes. The tubes have got to be open. Let's yep. let's start with those sort of basics. Yeah, yeah. Because if the tubes are blocked, then you're going to need to have IVF treatment. So yeah. we often would you know go back say right go back to your GP. Yeah. Or um, we, ha- we we are able to know whether they've got sort of BOOPA or AXA. So it might be that they can get some of that testing done via their um, insurance company as well. Yeah. So we can fire, fire back that way as yeah. well. So it's almost like a whole, it's just a whole kind of pre-assessment, isn't it really? A whole yeah. pre-fertility assessment. Yeah. If it's part, it's part of an employer benefit scheme, isn't it? So it's not costing them anything. Yeah. They get all this great advice, uh, some clear direction, and they can do it as a, a kind of preconception package i think yeah. it's absolutely outstanding yeah, yeah, it's awesome. um, you know we're there till nine o'clock at night so when they have those wow. conversations after work or they've been yeah. for a consultation they'll often jump on wow. have a little whatsapp chat with us yeah. and kind of just say right you know uh, and we follow up with them as well so if we know they've got consultations and things coming up we follow back with them so we make a no- we make a note to go back to them and ask them how their consultation went was there any questions that came up during that that they hadn't got to ask mm. we we give them advice so we've even got a you know prepare for your consultation sheet so it sort oh, of tells really? them you know really? things to think of things things to ask make sure you write it down we've all been there you go yeah. in and have that conversation yeah. come Get out and blank. go oh, oh I didn't ask that question <laughs> it's gone straight over yeah. the top of your head yeah. too yeah. many long yeah. words yeah. 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 yeah I mean I always see the nurse's role as a bit of a translator that's yeah. what I call myself yeah. you know so the doctor says one thing and then the patient looks across and goes oh, that, that actually means this yeah. 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 remember as well in that process no question is a stupid question right yeah. if you've Absolutely. got if you think if even if you think that no question is a stupid question and be prepared to to challenge as well you know be prepared to say why why are you recommending this treatment you know um and often they'll come back and say oh well the doctor recommended i don't know intralipids or you know an endometrial scratch and we're going you haven't ever had treatment before what on earth are they thinking you know yeah yeah. so let's go back to the hfea traffic light system let's look at the evidence what's out there is you know and is it appropriate for you because sometimes it's almost they feel like they're given this sort of you know Look, look what you could have, this whole mm. list of things of options. And the patient goes down and goes, oh, that looks good. Tick well, that box, looks good. And actually, it might not be relevant to their case. Okay, yeah. So we can talk them through that as well. And so I think the fertility nurses are often the voice of reason and sanity and explanation. But you also, I think you spend that time with patients that, unfortunately, the consultants don't have as much time, yeah. do they? No. And I think that's just a, such a valuable service. Yeah. And that's what's really lucky with Peppy as well. They can have a 40-minute consultation with us, but they're unlimited. So they can wow. have as many 40-minute consultations. Wow with us as they like so like I say get through their journey a, l- a lady the other week she had um three in a week and someone said oh that's quite a lot but she came and saw us after every appointment to talk about what had happened at her appointment oh, right, talk nice. through her Excellent. scan um just to ask questions it, and did we think it was going okay and she was just reaching out for you know giving her support yeah. and we also have um a support worker as well a practitioner who is absolutely amazing who's an emotional support practitioner and she they can have as many appointments with her as well so she's there to give them coping techniques she does a lot of you know like the eft the tapping breathing exercises and things like that and you know just talking them through and sometimes it's just to have someone say do you know what it's all right it's It's all right right. it's okay to feel like that yeah you do need that arm around you a little bit because you because you go as a patient you're so you don't know the medical world do you and all of a sudden there's this new lingo you've got to learn and you can be a bit of a rabbit in headlights going through this you hear these terms you think what the hell is going on I'm just going through it, whatever they say, I need to go through it. But actually what you're offering is you're able to kind of put your arm around the patient and say what is really going on and explain it in a layperson's way so that there's a clear understanding and that sometimes when you are in a consultation, you might not sort of absorb all the information, but going back to it a day after with, with you, you can then talk about it, can't you? You can actually raise any concerns you've got and, and then you're effectively impartial so then you can... 
Yeah, and we're giving advice that's sort of tailored to that person as well. I mean, there's lots of, you know, there's some really great Fertility Network UK um, do amazing support groups, but there's a lot of these sort of online Facebook groups and things like that, and they scare me to death, I have to say. Mm. Some of the um, advice that's often given is, well, my friend did this and it worked for her, and, you know, you need to drink a litre of pomegranate juice before you go and have your transfer. And what about the French Um, fries as well? Yeah, yeah, go and have a McDonald's, which is basically the equivalent of intralipids, so that I would recommend. Um, (laughs) (laughs) don't have intermittents go and have Uh, have some french fries and do you know what yeah Yeah, they make cheaper and and do you know what won't make any difference to you and who doesn't doesn't love McDonald's french fry sorry there are other vans available um Yeah. But yeah, we are able to sort of sort of demyth, you know, take away some of those myths, you know, like pineapple cores, wear orange, all that kind of stuff. We're yeah. able to say, look, you know, that might have worked for that person, but mm. it's not, not you know, it's not, not necessarily going to work for you, for you. and your, your, yeah. your medical history and so forth. Yeah, cool. So, so I think we'll we'll wrap up. But what would be your kind of, I don't know, a takeaway kind of statement from Laura? What would what would that be, given all your experience and, and what you do through Peppy? That. You know, it's a partnership that you're going through when you're, you know, there are two of you going through this treatment. You know, yes, we're seeing a lot more people, you know, either opting single motherhood or, you know, surrogacy and things like that. But if you're going through it with your partner, you're in it together and that it isn't just a female problem. It's there is a male, you know, huge increase in male factor issues and we need to be responding to those and just reach out and talk as well. You're not alone. You know, one in one in six couples now. So, you know, you're not alone. There's a lot of people out there. Laura, thank you so, so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you today. Oh, it's Um, been fab. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I have a feeling you might be back. (laughs) I think you might be back. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. giving some more advice and more support for everybody that's out there uh, that's going through their challenges. If you've enjoyed this episode, do give us a like and a share. Let's uh, let's get this out there and spread the word a bit more. Um, And come give us a follow on Instagram, uh, test him LTD. Come follow Peppy. You've got an Instagram profile, haven't you? Yes, we have. Yeah, and on LinkedIn. Yeah, brilliant. Give us all a follow. Give us a thumbs up. And if you've got any questions, stick them in the comments box. Find us, message us, whatever, and we'll hope to cover it on a future episode. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks. Bye.